Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, here's some exciting news. The Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy did announce its 11th annual U.S. Sustainability Award winners. And we have spotlighted winners in the past here on Dairy Stream. And, well, today we're excited to spotlight the winner in the Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability category. And without, well, we'll give you a little fanfare here. Yeah, we're on kind of a low budget, but still, the sincerity is there. As we say, congratulations to Deer Run Dairy winners in the Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability category and our leaders in socially responsible, economically viable, and environmentally sound dairy production and really exemplify a long-standing commitment to continuous improvement. And we've got one of the owners of uh, Deer Run Dairy with us today. They, of course, from Kiwani, Wisconsin. Uh, Dwayne Ducat is our guest and want to remind you that he, along with his son, Derek, and uh, Dale Bogart are the owners of Deer Run Dairy. And today our interview is going to focus on the holistic approach that Deer Run Dairy has implemented and how your farm could replicate it. So, Dwayne, let's start with you and start kind of focusing on the environment. Can you share with our audience what the farm is doing to preserve the land and water? Hi, Mike. Uh, we're, we're honored to receive this uh, award from the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy. And what we're doing here, we, you know, we live within 10 miles of Lake Michigan and we have land that we rent that's bordering Lake Michigan. So we we do a lot of uh, no-till farming. Uh, and uh, we with that, we're no-tilling cover crops in the fall. We interseed cover crops into the corn that's about, you know, a beef before um, we do that the interseeding so that the, the cover crop is ready to take off quickly after we harvest the corn and that allows us to uh, apply nutrients to that cover crop basically apply the manure earlier in the fall and and let those cover crops utilize the manure by by doing that we're keeping the manure nutrients on the field in, in a living crop over winter. In spring, we can utilize that practice again if we need to, uh, put manure on the cover crops and, and let it take it up. And then after they're terminated, they release the nutrients and the corn crop is able to use it. <clears throat> so no-till definitely over the years improves uh, infiltration uh, so that is a practice that will reduce runoff because of the increased infiltration of the water into the soil we're able to uh, also use manure that has been processed to digester the pathogen reduction is a thousand fold on that so we have a, a, a more a cleaner more bioavailable manure and we're able, because of the infiltration, we're able to bar our low disturbance manure application. So it all works together, you know, with the no-till system by, by, by doing that. Uh, the <clears throat> cover crops improve the soil texture for, for no-tilling. So it kind of works together uh, to, to make things happen in a positive, sustainable way. 
Yeah, you can sense the symmetry in the system you use. And as you said, there's a lot of working parts that have really helped to preserve both the land and the water. Just a couple quick uh, follow-ups, though, for some people that might be listening that still are a little bit saying, well, this guy's from Kiwani County. No-till, does that really work? How long did it take you to convince you know, yourself and your partners that no-till was a good way to go? Well, I prepped no-till years ago before we had the dairy, and then when the, we improve, increased the size of the dairy, we had to go back to more incorporating, and through time, we've proven that we can, with the utilizing no-till and the low-disturbance manure, we, we can make that succeed. But the real thing that convinced our team was the wet falls of 2018 and 19, okay. the difference between the way that the equipment carried. Yeah, that makes sense. And then if I just ask, what kind of cover crops do you put in? Uh, we plant uh, rye, uh, turnips, tillage radishes, buckwheat, vetch, um, and I'm sure there's a few more in there. But that's generally we plant a, a, a blend after we harvest the wheat. And if it's later in the fall, after corn silage, we plant rye, mainly cereal rye. Thanks for your answer. That is Dwayne Ducat. He, along with his son, Derek, and uh, neighbor and partner, Dale Bogart, uh, run Deer Run Dairy in Kiwani County and certainly uh, commend them on winning the Innovation Center U.S. Dairy Award for Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability. Our other guest today is Lauren Bry. She's the Managing Director of Farmers for Sustainable Food. And Lauren, thanks for joining the conversation. Uh, talked about the fact that Deer Run Dairy is participating in a three-year sustainability project. Can you tell us, you know, actually who's involved and what the goals are? Sure. Thanks, Mike. Peninsula Pride Farms is a farmer-led watershed conservation group with members in Door and Kiwani counties, and they launched a sustainability project with some of their members. And as you said, Deer Run Dairy is one of those farms participating. One goal of the project is to better understand the impact of conservation practices on the cropland on our farms, as well as in our local watersheds. And that's using nationally recognized tools and metrics um, to determine the impact of conservation. Another goal of this project is to provide farmers with information to use to better manage our farms from a conservation perspective. So it's not only we're doing these things because we know it is good for the environment, but we're trying to put some data around it. And we know that farms like Deer Run are implementing a wide variety of conservation on many acres of land. So this type of project helps us gather actual data about what those practices mean for environmental outcomes like water quality and soil health. And if I can ask you, where are your timeline on the three-year sustainability project? I mean, is this one year in, two years, or are you close to being done? We just finished reviewing year one results, um, preliminary results with the farmers last month. So we are hoping to have year one results out um, in the next couple months or sometime in 2022, and also get started on collecting data for crop years 2021 and 2022, maybe by the end of the year. So we might be able to have three years of data um, analyzed sometime in 23. Hmm. Great. Thank you very much for those details. Uh, Duane, you know, from all the environmental sustainability practices that your farm has tried, can you kind of share with those listening to Dairy Stream what has been the most eye-opening experience and why? Well, I think I 
kind of hit on that before. The the eye-opening experience uh, was the those wet falls when the machines carried so much better over the over the soil and we didn't have rutting. But uh, also, it's very impressive how mellow the ground is when we plant green into those cover crops. The ground is 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 really mellow and forgiving when we plant into cover crops versus, uh, let's say, like an old hay field or something. That ground is a lot harder, so the the cover crops really help mellow the soil out for planting. Okay, and I, I think most people understand, but you want to explain again why you're using the term mellow? The, the ground is, is crumbly. It, uh, the, the closing wheels are able to close the ground easier. It's just easy to till into or no-till into that ground versus, you know, the, the disc openers don't have to work so hard. Good explanation. Thank you very much. Our guests again, you just heard the voice of Dwayne Ducat. He, along with his son, Derek, and also Dale Bogart, are the owners and operators of Deer Run Dairy, and they've done an outstanding job being honored as the Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability Winners in the 11th Annual U.S. Sustainability Awards, which are given by the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy. Our other guest is Lauren Bry. She's the Managing Director of Farmers for Sustainable Food, and I want to talk a little bit about what's going on uh, when it comes to, Lauren, one portion of the award, which is social responsibility. I mean, in what ways are Deer Run Dairy and Farmers for Sustainable Food really helping to improve community relationships and increase awareness of the practice? Great question. Deer Run Dairy and other farmers like them have started to share more information about the work that they're doing on their farms day in and day out with their local community. And through groups like Peninsula Pride Farms and Farmers for Sustainable Food, we work with farmers to not only help them explore opportunities for implementing conservation, but we're taking that to the next level by supporting those farmers in those groups and documenting what they're doing and what it means for water quality, soil health, and other environmental outcomes that are important to them as farmers and their communities. Um, that's like the sustainability project we just talked about. So that's a really good example of how farmers are working together to document what they're doing through nationally recognized tools, using their individual farm results to make management decisions on their farms, but then also aggregating information as a group to share publicly. That helps us quantify the impact that the farmers in that community are having on the environment, from water to soil to things like greenhouse gas emissions. And farmers like Duane have seen how being open and trying new things and sharing their experiences with other farmers, with interested neighbors, builds trusts. And it really does encourage other farmers to try new things. So these farmer-led groups like Peninsula Pride that Deer Run Dairy is a member of are really great at facilitating that farmer-to-farmer interaction that peer-to-peer learning that we're seeing is really effective. But then beyond that, it's building trust and social responsibility through being transparent about what we're doing on our farms, um, being honest about what we're trying in the fields and what the results we're seeing, um, and just being open and having conversations and really giving us a forum to have those conversations. Yeah, I really could, you know, tip my hat and congratulate people like Dwayne and those that run Deer Run Dairy and Kiwani and also the other producers that are among uh, Peninsula Pride and what they've done in telling that story. I guess my question is, I know this effort's been going on for a while now, are you seeing a, a changing of the minds, a differing response, not only among other producers, but 
you know, consumers and neighbors as well to, you know, the practices they're doing and the fact that these are positive moves or is it still too early to get that kind of reaction? I think we're seeing a positive response from people that we talk to um, from my family's farm. And I know Dwayne has had that experience too. And maybe he can share a little bit about the positive neighborhood relations that he's seen by opening up his farm. Yeah, Dwayne, if you don't mind adding, I know you've had events before on your farm open to the general public and that, but just among your neighbors that are on the farm and those that are not involved in agriculture, have you seen a little changing of their mindset toward farmers in Kiwani County? So I know I see positive results from neighbors because I've had cases where they come to the farm's defense. If somebody says something negative towards the farm, they, they, they'll step up and correct that. Um, actually, I got a note from one of my landlords congratulating us on winning this award and saying how they uh, were watching what we're doing to the land and seeing how we've been improving over the years. And they really appreciate Appreciate that and congratulated us on the award. And another thing that we see from from the local people that we have hosted Farm to Fork for recent years, and one of the things that we we have a dairy tour, but we also have had soil pits the last two years that we've had the event, and uh, the NRCS is there with the rain simulator, and it was really great to see the interest of in in the rain simulator and how eye-opening that is for the people that are not familiar with farms and the interest they take in the, in the soil pits and the soil soil health and what we can educate them on. That that's very very encouraging that they they show a lot of interest in that, and it was very surprising to us that it was actually more interesting to them than the dairy itself, I think, at times. Good to see that you're getting a positive feedback from an effort in which it really has been the agriculturalists taking the initiative to tell their story. And that's certainly something not only limited to Kiwani County and Door County, but uh, throughout this state and others as well, as we uh, again remind producers of what you do and why you do it and why you know they you do put so much emphasis on preserving our land and water. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, some of the other things that they are doing on Deer Run Dairy that have not only helped them earn this award, but also help them be better environmentalists and better producers and bottom line, helping their profitability as well. All that we'll share as we continue here on Dairy Stream. And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. The Nature Conservancy is a global conservation organization dedicated to conserving the lands and waters on which all life depends. Guided by science, we create innovative on-the-ground solutions to our world's toughest challenges so that nature and people can thrive together. In Wisconsin, we help farmers improve soil health and protect clean water while sustaining profitability. We also collaborate with communities, governments, businesses, and other nonprofits to protect Wisconsin's most outstanding natural areas, address climate change and its impacts, and help make cities more sustainable. To learn more, visit nature.org backslash Wisconsin. Well, Dairy Stream is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. And today we're focusing in on the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy's announcement of its 11th annual U.S. Sustainability Award winners. Uh, one of the people that won that award is Duane Ducat, who along with his son, Derek, and his neighbor, Dale Bogart, uh, own just an outstanding operation 
Dear Run Dairy in Kiwani. And we're talking today about uh, some very interesting aspects of what's been going on on Dwayne's farm. And I should also mention that uh, Lauren Bry is with us. She's the Managing Director of Farmers for Sustainable Food. And we're going to focus during this segment a little more with Lauren as well on some of the projects that are focusing on energy efficiency and other areas of importance to producers and the general public. But Dwayne, let's start with kind of an interesting thing that you're doing. I know from my years of farm broadcasting, uh, many dairies I know fed about you know 50 to 55 percent forage in their ration, but your farm feeds a 60 percent forage diet. Uh, can you take a couple of moments to share how your team makes this work and the benefits it provides? Well, I think first and foremost, we're, we're able to feed a highly digestible, nutrient-dense forage. We incorporate meadow fescue into our alfalfa, which our, our forages are generally in the uh, RFQ value of 175 or higher. The applicability uh, of the corn silage is good, and we're able to get highly digestible corn silage and still maintain you know, starch levels in that. 37, give or take a little bit, percentage range. So I, I think that all helps us in keeping a high forage diet to the cattle. Interesting. Did it uh, uh, take a while for the cattle to adapt? No, the cows, they tell the story. Our cows are doing very well. We're producing uh, 99 to 103 pounds of energy-corrected milk. Hmm. So I think when you can get that kind of production, you're, it tells you that the cows are happy. Yeah, it certainly does. And I'm sure you're happy with those results as well. So obviously you're doing that right. So again, uh, producers, you might want to just contemplate uh, what you want to have for your uh, forage level. Uh, Dwayne, also want to talk about the fact that you know you started feeding, having some feeding trials to reduce methane gas production, which I think is extremely interesting in the rumen of your cows. So let's tell our audience a little bit about you know what you're finding so far. Well, we've, we're feeding a product that is supposed to reduce the methane production by 9% and increase the feed efficiency by 4.5% or thereabouts. So we started that about two months ago, I would guess. And we have seen a little improvement in production without feeding more. So I think the, uh, the feed efficiency factor is there. The methane, I don't have any way of uh, measuring that. We're just going off of the science that the people that provide the product have told us the reduction. But what I found uh, very uh, hard to put my head around was they told us that for this herd size, we'd be looking at a 500 metric ton reduction in CO2 produced. That It's hard for me to wrap my head around 500 metric tons of CO2, how much, how much air or gas that is. But I think most of that is coming from the comparison of methane to CO2. I've heard that methane is like 84 times more potent than CO2, and that's why it gets to be such a big, big number of uh, when you compare it to carbon dioxide. Okay, well, thanks for explaining that. And you said, yeah, that is a hard figure to get kind of get your head around, but also shows how impactful that is and just how important these uh, feeding trials could be for other producers uh, down the road. I mentioned Lauren Bry is with us, Managing Director of Farmers for Sustainable Food, and I know that your group has been working on projects, and one of the focal points has been energy efficiency. So, uh, Lauren, can you share some of the findings when it comes to conserving energy? 
So every project that we work on through Farmers for Sustainable Food might have a different area of focus and energy use is one score that can be analyzed for farms and projects like the Peninsula Pride project that Deer Run is participating in because we're using field to markets field print platform. Additionally, the Farmers Assuring Responsible Management Environmental Stewardship Program, which is part of um, a national dairy industry initiative, focuses on greenhouse gas emissions, energy use, and nutrient management plans. So from the conservation side of things in the field level, uh, no-till and reduced till does involve less trips across the field, so less fuel. Um, and if a farm is using manure as fertilizer, um, there typically would be reductions um, in energy use because that would be associated with the cost of producing a ton of commercial nitrogen fertilizer is more um, than if you're using animal manure. So um, I am able to share some preliminary results from the sustainability project with Peninsula Pride Farms that Deer Run Dairy is participating in from their farm directly. So for example, on the alfalfa side of things, Deer Run Dairy's energy use to produce a ton of alfalfa was 20% lower than the average for other farmers in their project. So that's telling a really good story and showing um, some really good energy use. And then on corn silage, the energy used to produce a ton of that crop is on par with state and national benchmarks provided um, through field to market. So we're seeing really good performance um, in general, I think from farms that are using a variety of conservation practices. But I think it's important to keep in mind that every farm is different and every farm has different goals and practices work differently um, depending on your soil types and the, what you're growing, um, what animals you may or may not have on your farm. So there's so many things that go into that whole picture of sustainability on farms that it's important to just keep in mind um, there's a variety out there and uh, we need to definitely look at data and information, um, but also be open-minded and always be looking to improve because everyone can do things differently and still see really great results. Oh, good points, Lauren. And yeah, diversity and also a uniqueness of the land, the producers, goals, all those do have an impact on this final result you're talking about. But it's good to clarify that. You did mention data, and obviously that is key for tracking any story, be it successful or unsuccessful. So uh, maybe just add, you know, how do you help measure success? I mean, how, how do you put the things together and say, okay, this is what we've accomplished through these practices? Well, success for every farmer might mean something different. And even in our projects, we obviously want to see an improvement in maybe certain scores that are important to the farmers participating in the project. So for example, um, the Peninsula Pride project or our other sustainability projects may say, well, we want to focus on water quality and carbon um, and see, you know, always improving scores in those areas. But keeping in mind at that same time, we may see improving scores in some categories, but that might impact scores um, in other categories negatively. So it's really a balancing act. And again, every farmer um, might have a different definition of success. So our goal with Farmers for Sustainable Food is to be that support system for the farmers, farmer-led groups to use the data that they have on their farms to better manage their businesses, but then also help them report those scores and that information to 
customers in the supply chain, like our dairy processors, maybe who are going to be asking for it, or maybe in the future requiring it um, as a cost of doing business. So we're really here to connect farmers to resources to help them succeed, whatever their definition of success is. And at the end of the day, our work comes down to empowering farmers to develop and implement practical, innovative solutions collaboratively for environmental, economic, and social good. That's the voice of Lauren Bry. She's a managing director of Farmers for Sustainable Food. Also with us is Dwayne Ducat. He is one of the winners that came from Deer Run Dairy. They are honored this year for being the outstanding dairy farm sustainability category. And uh, Dwayne, let's just take a look before we wrap things up at the animal category of sustainability. And from your experiences, what's really been like the oh wow moment? What's had the biggest impact or you've been most impressed with? In the area of sustainability, one of the largest changes that I've seen on our dairy in the last five years is probably uh, the use of sex semen on the top herd, and, and then all of our heifers in Kansas are bred to sex semen. So we're improving our genetics faster by doing this, and then the the uh, lower 80% of the herd is is bred to beef. And therefore, you could probably see a reduction in brood cow uh, needs for, for beef producers. Um, so that means we don't have to raise as many heifers as we did in the past. And mm -hmm. I think that helps greatly in the area of sustainability uh, and profitability. Uh, another thing that has really you know, helped improve the dairy industry is the use of technology and monitoring cows. I mean, when we built the dairy, we we put that in our, our budget to do that. And it's been one of the things that has really helped us with breeding. And I, I, I just can't imagine farming without it. Our, our dry cows were the only cows that weren't monitored previously because they didn't go through the parlor. And now we put collars on them. So we have the SCR on, on, on those monitor monitor those cows and you know that that all plays into sustainability because you you have a better breeding system so you're you're less reliant on hormones to get the cows pregnant and it, there's so much you can talk on this topic forever Excellent points. Again, I want to thank you both for the excellent job you've done and kind of recapping what has been done and what could be adopted by other producers. I want to close uh, with both of you on this. And Dwayne, since we've got the mic on you, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you predict is next for dairy farms in terms of sustainability? What do you think the next big thing is going to be? I think that the next thing that's coming in sustainability is you're going to see processors trying to work with dairies in improving sustainability and, and coming up with metrics to measure uh, your improvement in, in those areas. Um, that, that, I think, is going to be uh, coming soon. Interesting. What about from your perspective, Lauren? Sure. What I think we're going to see on the environmental sustainability side, especially, is a space for environmental consultants who can help farmers gather, process, and analyze their data from various parts of the farm. 
there's only going to be more demand from the companies buying our products for information about how we're producing it. And we will need to provide that information for marketing our products. We also have a huge opportunity to use that data to our advantage to improve how we farm from efficiency to the environmental side, animal care, financial outcomes, um, even participating in carbon markets. That's a really hot topic right now. And that requires providing data. So using our farm data can be a big win-win for everyone, but it definitely is going to take a lot more support from supply chain partners and experts um, down to the farm level for us as farmers to really be able to get the insights we need to use it to its fullest advantage. I agree, but I think if that plan is followed, we will see strides made in sustainability and profitability down the road and paints a little brighter picture for the future. So to both Lauren and Dwayne, we thank you very much for being our guest today. You did an excellent job and continued success to you and your families as well. Specific congratulations, though, once again, go out to uh, Dwayne and his son, Derek, along with his partner, it's Dale Bogart, as they were the recipients of the U.S. Sustainability Award and well-deserved. And we thank you uh, again for being on hand and sharing what's been going on your farm and what's going to happen on your farm into the future. I want to thank you as always for your attention and listening. And again, I hope through your own mind, you're kind of recapping some of these comments and saying, oh, I could implement this on my farm and maybe improve my sustainability as well and impact on both our land and our water. And I close with a big thank you to our producer, editor, and farm broadcaster, that is Joanna Guza, for her valuable contributions to Dairy Stream. On that, I wish you well and look forward to talking again on Dairy Stream. I'm Mike Austin. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us, podcast at dairyforward.com. 